You're listening to Work Tape, episode 39. Welcome to the Work Tape Podcast. It's Isaac and Christina, and we're here today to talk about Muse and maybe some Queenisms about Muse. Yes. Christina, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm actually pretty well. Good. Good, good, good. You and I know quite a bit about Muse. Yeah. And I kind of want to hear your take on them first. Awesome. So I love Muse. I think they're a great band. They're extremely talented. Matt Bellamy has a great voice. It's not really raspy. It's more breathy, but like a forced breathiness that almost gets to rasp. And of course, goes into the falsetto. That's his thing. He's just so good. And it almost sounds like it has a hint of classical inspiration in it. I don't know if you remember the Christian singer, Steve Green. He was later like 90s. I mean, early now, but like later in the Christian music movement, he was about in the 90s, probably maybe before that. And he was a rock singer. He was in a band, I believe, called White Heart, a Christian rock band. So he sang rock music, but he went to Grand Canyon University, actually, in Arizona for music. I believe he had classical training and Matt Bellamy's vocal style reminds me a lot of Steve Green's vocal style. Really, really interesting. And yeah, I I do hear a lot of similarities to Queen. They're very different bands. Uh, Queen, I think their music is a lot more fun in general. And Muse is a completely different thing. Like Muse's music, it's not that it's not fun. It's really dark. It's really like, you know, all about resisting the supremacy and bringing them down and all the madness that ensues with it. While they make money from the... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's their thing. They're very much about that. In fact, I read on Matt Bellamy that he identifies as a a left libertarian, which made sense when I hear his music just (laughs) kind of like down with the system and all this stuff. So in that way, they're a very different band than Queen because Queen wasn't that type of band at all. But I do hear a lot of similarities stylistically in how um, theatrical both bands are really out there, just really um, crazy. The classical inspiration of the vocals, for sure. Even a little bit of U2 in the song Madness. That song reminds me a ton of U2. It sounds like Robert Plant slowed down. Like, yeah, it does. <laughs> If you put Robert Plant in slow motion and auto-tuned his voice to where it's only one note instead of all over the place. Doesn't Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses? Yes. He does. Oh, my gosh. He we does. can get into that another time. Welcome I know. to the jungle. <laughs> well, in fact, Apparently, they time, have fun and games. Yeah, they do. They do have fun and games. Um, when I was talking about Robert Plant last time and was like, he does that. Ma, 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 ma. And I was like, wait a minute, that's <laughs> Axl Rose. It is Robert Plant, but it's also Axl Rose. Axl Rose is like such a Robert Plant ripoff for sure. And not as good. <laughs> I've been saying it for a long time, but people just won't listen to me. But that, you know, that Axl Rose is a plant ripoff. I'm just team Nirvana. 
you know how I am. That's fair. That's there's, fair. I, there's always been a feud between both bands, and maybe I shouldn't perpetuate it, but I... I oh, I had no idea. Oh, I well, had no idea. We could get into that another time, but uh, okay, when it good comes to know. GNR again, they're on my um. <laughs> I'm gonna get so much. They're hate. on your hate list. They're on my hate list. I don't yeah. like them either. Yeah. I don't like them at all. That that's fair. Yeah, but you know, you have to hand it to Axel. It is because of his character that people gravitate to the band. Hmm. I don't know anything. You have to like the singer if you're going to get to the band most of the time. Sometimes there are some exceptions where I like the music and I just don't like the singer. Mm. But I think that Axel, his singing is, it really is the band. Him and Slash are the band. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. I prefer Slash just because it's easier for me to like him. Duff McKagan, eh, he's an okay bassist. He's all right. And I don't know the drummer. I'm sorry. I don't either. <laughs> but proceed. We can always talk about that another time. Yeah, about our our uh, mutual hate for Guns N' Roses. <laughs> well, you know, to be fair, we'll have to bring on some people who like GNR to state their case. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't know anyone, though, who likes Guns N' Roses. I think we all do. Uh, I do, for sure, have people who like GNR. So oh, good. I'll have to bring them on here, and then they can uh, tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will gladly listen. And I mean, to be fair, I've only heard their two biggest hits, Sweet Child of Mine and Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> and that's not enough to know whether you hate or like a band, truly, to be honest. Yeah. And I've also told you, I mean, out of every one of my least favorite bands, I always like one or two songs. I mean, even Nickelback. Sure. I, again, like I said. I like Nickelback. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> yeah. I don't like all their stuff, though. And again, I only know their greatest hits. You like all of them, but one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you can can technically say that. (laughs) You know which one I don't like is look at this photograph. Oh, no. Every time time I do, it makes me laugh. (laughs) I like their other songs that I've heard, though, for sure. (laughs) That's respectable. Uh, Yeah, we'll have to dedicate to that, too. Yes. There's always I, I know people that like Nickelback and will hear them fail miserably. Just kidding. We'll listen to them. One of my brothers loves Nickelback, like not even just their hits. Like he actually likes Nickelback, even their harder stuff, because they have some like harder stuff than their hits. So, yeah. You mean when they first started and they sounded pretty decent? Probably. See, I didn't like that stuff, (laughs) but yeah, probably it probably was early on. Nickelback sounded the best when they were the least commercial. That that's all I'm going to say. I mean, that's usually the case. That is usually the case, (laughs) but it's also the case for them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. But mama, mama, move on. (laughs) Yeah, mama, 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 move, move, move. Um, But yeah. I mean, that's really my big thing on Muse is they remind me so much of Queen, a little bit of U2. I think they're super talented, but they also do their own thing. They don't sound at all like a ripoff of Queen whatsoever. You can just see the inspiration. They certainly don't sound like a ripoff of U2. They take these different elements and really make it their, um, I think like in um, Panic Station is a really good Example of that, too, is they take a funk style, mix it with, you know, their style, and they even have horns and stuff like that. And it just, 
I don't know. They make it their own. It sounds really good. They don't sound like they're ripping off anyone else. You were right about it sounding like, uh, is that the doom, doom, doom? Yeah, the, the one that your brother says sounds like. Another one bites the dust. Yeah. So yeah. I do remember that track. It's been so long since I've listened to that. In fact, I think Second Law came out, <gasps> I think it came out 10 years ago. Let me check. It has to have been something like that. I think it's 2012. Wow. Hey, and they have a new album coming in August called Will of the People. That is such a muse title. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that sounds like they're getting into a kid rock territory now. (laughs) A little bit, except probably on the other side, since he's like a left-leaning libertarian. (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. There is a lot of crossover in those areas, (laughs) the libertarian areas. No, you're right. I mean, I'm right. This is a politics show. You know what? I'm going to leave you guys to guess. You guys can already guess, but I don't care. So I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> you you don't get that part of me. That's fair. So yes, it is from 2012. It is from 2012. Cool. Yeah. So this is a revisiting. I don't really want to revisit the album. I won't lie. I actually hated it. I thought it was kind of a bad album. I'm sorry. Wow. No, that's <laughs> fine. I mean, that's really the album that I liked. Um, really? If anything. Yeah. I loved. Is that second law? Let me look. And I don't think I listened to the whole album. I'm pulling it up. Oh, no, I'm wrong. No, I did like Second Law, but the other one I liked had like Resistance. Is that the popular one? That So Resistance is commonly considered the golden era. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost just barely on the border of golden era muse. Okay. I would say the the very end of golden era would probably be uh, maybe Black Holes and Revelations. Okay. I liked some off of that too. Yeah. I just like, there's several songs by them that I really like. Same here. They're so good. Like this is my, really I think good. they're my, like my 26, 20 something favorite band. Again, like my top 30 are pretty important to me. And so muse are in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very good. You know which one? Okay, this song also reminds me of another one. There. Okay, which one is this? Is this Uprising or Resistance where they sing, They will not force us. Yeah, it's uh, a... Yeah, that's Uprising. That's Uprising. Okay, that part sounds like... Yeah. Yeah, that was a good... That yeah. one, the... That sounds like sorry, you're getting me into this. I love I actually like that track. But that part, the vocal part, it sounds like call me, which is from a different song. Yeah, I don't know what song that is either. It's an 80s song. Call me something like that. That's a very rock and roll song. Yeah, it is. It's got the and then it. You know, it's a bluesy kind of really when you think about it, that like it's it, it's it is actually a very bluesy track. It's not necessarily 12 bar, but right, right. It's pretty rock and roll. If we're going to get into that territory. It is. It is very rock and roll for sure. I'm trying to figure out who this song is, but I can't figure it out. They say, call me. And it sounds like, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that's a really sick song. That's one that I did not like 
when I first heard it, I was like, what even is this song? So you know how last time I said that um, we both like weird music and Queen was my brand of weird? Okay. So Muse was not my brand of weird. I was like, what even is this? And now, now I like appreciate them a lot. Now I'm like, oh yeah, this is like super good. I like them a lot. Yeah. Matt has a very gooey singing approach. It's almost like his notes melt together, his words. And yes, he, uh, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very expressive. And again, he's extremely, actually, he's very inhaley more than exhaley. Mm. Uh, the way he inhales, you always hear it. It's, I don't know what mic they tend to use for his voice. I mean, who hasn't used an SM7? I mean, I'm using one right now, the B version. You know, it's a staple of rock. But I used to mimic him a lot. I can't really do it right now. I don't have the headspace right now, but Muse songs are like karaoke songs for me. I really like singing to Muse. They are always fun to sing along to. They are fun to sing along to. My favorite is um, Panic Station because he does all of those cool little vocalisms and stuff in there. (laughs) And I'm like, ooh, this is so fun. But yeah, they are super fun to sing to. You feel like you just... It's so much power in the voice. Um, it's a lot of fun. My plug-in, baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that one. Oh, no. It's okay. Well, we want to get more into Muse. I might even bring the guitar and like show you some of the riffs, and then you can kind of like envision it. But um, sure. Muse have gotten really big. They have. They have, for sure. I think they have cemented themselves as one of the classic rock bands of our era. And so... I want to clarify something. <laughs> this is me admitting I'm wrong, right? But maybe even the context of what I was trying to say clarified as well. And so on one of my TikToks a while back, because I've been doing this show and I haven't been on there, it's just mental stuff. But I do plan on going back. I should bring this guy on and like talk with him. But I had made the statement that classic rock isn't a genre. And my claim to it not being a genre was that classic rock is relative to the time. So Nirvana is a classic rock band, which technically is very true. So Paramore and Muse are classic rock of the aughts, definitely that time period. However, obviously, yes, classic rock is a genre in a sense that it's essentially like the blues-driven hard rock. I mean, that's essentially what it is. I think what bothered me was oftentimes you saw Beatles lumped into the classic rock category with like ACDC and Led Zeppelin. I feel like it's appropriate for Led Zeppelin and ACDC because they're both hard rock and they're blues. Mm. Helter, Skelter, love it, doesn't count. The Beatles are not, they're not like Jimi Hendrix. They're not, you know what I mean? Like they're not in that category. In fact, even Rolling Stones, the way they sound, it's very different than ACDC. And so what bothered me is you'd see everywhere from like the Beatles all the way down to even Guns N' Roses categorized as classic rock, which it technically is. What bothered me is they weren't a unified genre. You know, it's like, no, they're not. Because I mean, why don't we call King Crimson or Jethro Tull? No one calls them classic rock. And so what I'm saying is like... I always considered them classic rock. That's fair, but people typically don't just take any rock band from any time period before the 80s. Like, I was noticing, like, you wouldn't hear that on, like, I don't know, like, Men at Work. I don't know. You don't hear it on 
new wave is technically a subgenre of rock anyway, you know, and you actually would not hear it. And here I'm going to tell you this. You don't hear the classic rock label on punk bands, even though technically punk is a subgenre of rock. You don't hear that. You don't hear classic Weird. rock slapped on Black Flag or The Adolescents or Descendants. You don't hear that label. You hear punk, like classic punk, stuff like that. Even The Clash. No one calls Clash. I mean, they might, but they don't really. So what bothered me was like, okay, what are you going by? Are you going by era? Are you going by genre? Because if you're going by like pick one, you know? Mm. So that bothered me. And so when I say classic rock, I'm totally talking about era. And by that standard, anyone can be classic rock, you know, from time to time. But as far as a genre, I realize that bands like Led Zeppelin and ACDC fit in that mold because they're technically still pretty bluesy, mm. but they are a hard rock band. Cool. Classic rock. So that's why I'm saying like, that person was right. And anyone who was implying that is correct. But by that definition, guess what? Greta Van Fleet are also classic rock. If we're going to talk about genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Case closed. So. All right. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of more like to that guy. Cause I was like, oh, I totally missed. I saw what he was saying and I was like, oh wait, he's totally right. But then I'm also saying this because like Paramore will be a classic rock band if the earth continues to like turn. It's just people don't like to hear that. But it it, it, makes me ill. It's so true, though. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. It's like, no, it makes me ill because that means I'm getting old. We (laughs) like. Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) <laughs> like that, I don't care if Paramore is considered a classic rock band. I don't even know Paramore except for maybe one song. No, I don't know Paramore. Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco will become classic rock. That oh, it's just it's just I literally just a way of up. life. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It just kills me. Like it literally kills me. But yeah, no, you're right. Brendan Yuri, more like Brendan Surreal. That was terrible. <laughs> I just wanted to get a laugh. It's cool. I'll, I'll wow. That was so bad. <laughs> That's so funny. He, by the way, I hate Panic at the Disco, but Brandon Yuri's voice is like, like crazy. It's like psychotic it? good. It's so good. Dude, even if you don't like Panic, I, I totally agree with you. I don't even like, Yeah. I don't like a lot of things about Panic, but like, dude, Yeah. Brandon is. Oh, he's good. Speaking of theatrical type voices, he's got that too. He's got that kind of same flair that Freddie Mercury and Matt Bellamy do. Different style for sure. I think that theirs are more rock opera and Brandon Urie's is more rock music theater Mm. is how I would um, describe the difference. But still like, you know, it's still kind of in that same theatrical type of space. Brandon Urie is totally in there. He's crazy. No, he's um he's considered one of the greats of the aughts for sure. Yeah. Him and Haley Williams. Haley Williams from Paramore? Yeah. Oh, I I was right. I was yeah. right. Sorry. No, you, no, just... no, 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 you're right. It's fine. You're fine. <laughs> Yay. I just like I was like, who is that? Wait, I know who that is. And Sometimes Patrick from Fallout, I don't think he's considered necessarily in those two's like airspace, but Patrick's voice is pretty good. Mm. And he's pretty revered, you know, because of Fallout Boy. That's so funny because 
I always get Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco mixed, mixed up because they sound so similar to Patrick's me. voice is a lot more baritone, in my opinion. He can kind of mm. sing more like he's got a deeper voice, and Brendan has a much brighter voice, like a higher one. Hmm. I'll have to compare the two. They were often pitted against each other, so it kind of works. Interesting. Yeah. The fallout panic dichotomy is kind of cool. I won't lie. Interesting. It's like Nirvana and Pearl Jam. In a way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beatles and the Stones. <laughs> and Tyson Ritter from All American Rejects. I, I liked his voice. It, yeah. it was more like awkward. It didn't sound exactly like Blink, but to me, it was like the Blink of that era. Like it wasn't really mm-hmm. amazing. It was just full of character. Yeah, he had a better voice than the Blink-182 guy, too. Of course he did. No, 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 no. Well, everyone does. No offense. Everyone (laughs) does. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. In fact, Billy Joe from uh, Green Day, he's a great singer. I love him. Yeah, so he's he's a better singer. And uh, I can't remember. Sometimes I think it's Mark and then Tom. I think they switch back and forth. But Oh, and Blink. Yeah, so... Yeah. So if we're excluding, but this is this is the part I'm talking about. So if we take away the drummers, Green Day have much more going for them than Blink. When we're talking about mm. when we're talking about professionalism, mm-hmm. and we're talking yeah. it, oxymoron, right? Professional punk. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, they are punk. People don't like hearing that they are punk. It still counts. It's pop punk. It still counts. Uh, yes, yes, I agree. So I think Green Day have the upper hand, but here's why I like Blink. The character, how they kind of, I like that. Again, like I like Nirvana for the same reason. They have character. It's not like they're a technically amazing band. It's just they have a lot of character. In fact, Mm. both of them have amazing drummers, both Dave Grohl and Travis Barker. But that's back to the point is that what Green Day doesn't have that Blink has is Travis Barker. That is their secret weapon. Mm -hmm. I like Blink-182. Like who doesn't? Here's the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's the thing with punk. Punk is a very, very special genre in that you do not have to have a good vocalist in order to be like a very liked band. You almost prefer it. Yeah. Because it goes with the style. Yeah. It just sounds better, man. Yeah. So I love Blink 182. Yeah, he sucks, but like, oh my gosh, it fits. It's kind of like the guy from um who sings Ocean Avenue? Oh, Yellow Card? Yellow Card. He doesn't <laughs> have a great voice, but it fits because it's punk. He, they have that punk sound. Billy Joe is very much an exception where like, he still has that punk sound, but he really does have a fabulous voice. He's one of my favorites. I actually like uh, Billy's approach vocally. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like him. I used to, um, when American Idiot came out and I wasn't allowed to listen to it. So I snuck it in my room and played it really quiet and like sat right next to my stereo. That's right. I had a stereo, like a radio back then that played CDs and tapes. (laughs) What are those? Um, Anyway, I'd like listen and I would like loop certain parts where his voice sounded extra good. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he sounds so good right there. Like I was obsessed to the point where when I had a guitar at that time, I named my guitar Billy Joe because Billy Joe Armstrong was like my favorite. So you were pretty (laughs) big in GD. Yeah. Yeah. They awesome. I love Green Day. I like their old stuff and I like their, well, I didn't listen to much after, um, American Idiot. They did come out with 
21 guns. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. It was okay. It was still good. It just like, I think American Idiot was so big. It's like, how do you even follow that? Okay. So American Idiot was their, uh, is that their magnum opus? I guess maybe. I think so. Is it Dookie? Whatever. Dookie. Uh, Dookie. <laughs> I hate how it sounds. Bottom line. I know. It's so I hate gross. It. I know. It's, it's, it's kind of one of the worst album names of all time, in my opinion. But it, it's such a punk name, though. It is a punk name, and it's a great cover. Yeah. It looks yeah. pretty amazing. It reminds me what Jack's Mannequin would do in 2005. I can't remember that record, but it's very cartoony. So, mm. oh my gosh. Now we're going to start talking about Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's uh, move on. But bottom line, yeah, I, I like, um, disclaimer, all of my least favorite bands. I don't think there's one band that I will tell people I dislike. Oh, wait. Nope, there is one. <laughs> and oh I know God. you like this person, so I, I almost want to... It's wanna... okay. It's all right. Okay, I'll say it, but I will say 99% of my least favorite bands are not technically bad. Oh, no, that's true. I mean, it's the same with me. Like, I can't stand Ariana Grande or Christina Aguilera, but I can be like, yeah, they're really good singers. You know, <laughs> now that you mention, oh, well, not Ariana. Ariana's actually technically, in my opinion, good. I don't really mm-hmm. listen to her, but there are actually some people I think who are technically bad. So I'm going to, I'm going to that too. bump I down do that agree. number to 95, 90% of them are not bad. Oh, the yeah. ones on my, my hate list, quote unquote, right? Because we're right. not supposed to hate. We shouldn't hate anyone. <laughs> and some of them, not going to lie, they're usually like the, we'll get into that later, but I would say, so Green Day is actually a very technically good band. I think they're good. Mm-hmm. They're just in my least favorite bands list. Just don't like the sound sure. that much. That's fair, yeah. But who's the, oh, the the individual I was referring to is Janis Joplin. Oh, I don't like Janis Joplin. Okay, I thought you liked her. No, I, I, she's fine. It's not that, I guess, okay, I should clarify. It's not that I don't like her. She's not my thing at all. I can't with her vocals. I'm very, very specific about female vocalists. I hold them to a much higher standard than guy vocalists. Like guy vocalists, I'll be like, oh, this guy's great. Oh, this guy's great. Oh, this guy's awesome. And then with girls, I'm like, they're doing this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. And I get really, it's weird. Yeah. How come you're cool with Bob Dylan, but you're not cool with Janice? Yeah. You know, I could not tell you. That's such a good question. That's a very good question. (laughs) That's a, you know, I think that vocally, I never liked Bob Dylan with Bob Dylan. It was more like, I like the style. His voice grew on me. But I like will never say he has a good voice. We're gonna ever. do something, 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 something. <laughs> yeah. Does he do, does he ever say yeah? I think so. I yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like he, he, he goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I there is a song where he does that. I no, you know what? No. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the Christian comedian Tim Hawkins, oh, who is no. Fun of Bob Dylan did a great impression. Of I him. need to uh, watch that impression. I haven't watched him do that impression, so that would be great for me it's, to listen to. It's so funny. He does really good impressions in he general. Does. He has a good Tom Petty one. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he looks just like him too. He does look just <laughs> like Tom Petty. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. But yeah, so Janis Joplin, I think too, she has a better voice than Bob Dylan for sure. But she is just right. not my thing. 
As far as female rock singers go, I really like Pat Benatar. The chick from Heart is amazing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Dude. I like the girls from Jefferson Airplane. Oh, yeah. You want somebody to yeah. love. You better yeah. find somebody to love. Yeah. I think I improvised there, but yeah. That's all right. Yeah. No, I like that style of female vocalists. Rabbit. Isn't it White Rabbit? They have White Rabbit. Doom. Is that White Rabbit? Yes, that is White Rabbit. That's a weird song. And I don't like her on that song. I like her voice. I just don't like how she holds out like certain consonants. That just annoys me. Mm, She does hold it. She totally holds it out. You're right. Yeah. But other than that, she's got a great voice. I think my favorite style of female vocals is... um, Courtney Love from Hole. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't know her. I don't know Courtney Love. You should listen to Hole. Just listen to okay. I'll, I will um I'm gonna send you some tracks and I want to hear your opinion. But I think Courtney is okay. the best at the angsty voice in woman. Mm, okay. I think she's the best at it. Controversial as a person, but as an artist, sure. I won't lie. Really dig hole. So nice. Digging holes, yeah. just like the uh, Shia LaBeouf movie. But anyway. <laughs> Digging up a hole. <laughs> Damn, dig. Get it. And that's how we know that we're old and outdated. Anyway, back to you. (laughs) Oh, I was saying my favorite style of female vocals is um, 60s folk vocals for sure. Oh, so good. Like you had the mamas and the papas who were amazing. There's someone specific who I'm thinking of. Let me look. Mind you, you're kind of right. Janice is actually pretty good. Yeah. But I think the character that she projects in her music is too overbearing for me. That's fair. She is very, she's just out there. And people don't like this. They don't like this, but I think she got big because of the era she was in. Like, like I know this happens for every artist. Sure. Right time, right place. Right. But I think it's very true for Janice. I think it was probably very unconventional for a woman to yes. do what she's doing. Yeah. I think a lot of it doesn't necessarily have to do with, to do a skill with her. I think she's not that bad. I think it has more to do with a character. Yeah. No, I agree. I completely agree. She kind of, she embodies that whole culture at the time that getting drunk, the drugs just being like such a like delinquent in society, basically. I don't want to use that word, but like, Yeah, that was what the culture was at the time. And so, no, I agree with you. The the singer that I was thinking of, one of my favorite from the 60s, is uh, Judy Collins. Oh, you got me there. Who is she? Oh, man. You know, I didn't know about her until my friend Bob told me about her a few years ago. And he was like, your voice reminds me of Judy Collins. And I was like, oh, let me listen to her. And I'm like... You should, bro. She's Collins, your name. She's Collins, your name. (laughs) Um, Judy Collins is a folk singer from the 60s. She, but she doesn't have a whole ton of um, conventional folk music, which is so funny because folk music was already unconventional for the time, sort of. And her stuff was even more unconventional because it used a lot of instruments And it sounded more like orchestrated type stuff, but very old fashioned orchestrated. Like if you ever saw the music Anne of Green Gables, her music reminds me of the Hmm. music from the movie Anne of Green Gables. But yeah, she sings. Is this the one with Hard Knock Life? No, that's Annie. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> That's okay. Yeah, Anne of Green Gables is based on some books back from the 1800s, I think, the late 1800s. Wait, but isn't Anne... Okay, here's my question, and tell me if I'm wrong. You know, I feel like this is kind of fair because I don't really like musicals anyway. And isn't Annie a musical? Yeah. Annie is a musical. Anne of Green Gables is not. Like that one? Yes. That's Annie. Okay. And is she a redhead Is she a redhead Yes. They're both redheads. I knew it. I knew it. Which is funny. I knew it. Yes. You were right about that. Okay, right, and they both—they're both the names start with an A. I mean, they're basically the same name, yeah. but just one's a, well, okay. and they're both orphans. Ah, okay. Oh my gosh, conspiracy, conspiracy okay. alert! What, what, Annie what is, is Anne of Green Gables. That's why I had that in my head. I was like, wait. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. So go on. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Annie <laughs> is you. a musical. Anne of Green Gables is not. Completely different storylines, but that was I can a hard see not how guess. you got that. That was a hard not guess. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. Judy Collins has this album from 1967 called Wildflowers. And it's really, really beautiful. Songs like um, a song called Michael from Mountains. Since You Asked is a great song. Both Sides Now is a good song. That reminds me of a more typical folk song from back then. My favorite song on the album is called Albatross, and that's one that really reminds me of Anne of Green Gables, just in the orchestration and stuff. Very, very good music. Wildflowers. That's the name of the album. You should listen to it. Albatross calls my name. That's a cool name. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That is pretty sick. And the song, the imagery in the song is really good. She's a great songwriter. Besides just being a great singer, she's a great songwriter. Her lyrics are absolutely gorgeous. Like in Albatross, everything about it, it's a great song. The um, music's beautiful. The lyrics are beautiful. Her voice is beautiful. (laughs) Like when I find a female singer that I like, I like gush over them (laughs) and like, Judy Collins is that. She's a female singer who I absolutely adore. Is she a bit like Enya? No, completely different. Okay. Um, I do love Enya, though. Enya's pretty amazing. Yeah, Enya's, Enya's awesome. What a voice. It's just like an angel. So ethereal. Wow. Someone that actually... Uh, <laughs> actually, I can't remember how she is. We talked about Kate Bush a little bit, right? A little bit. And I don't know enough about Kate Bush. I remember she she sings high. Is that right? Yeah, she does. She's very, uh, dude, I feel like Bjork took a lot from Kate Bush now that I think about it. Oh, probably. Absolutely. Bjork. Bjork is so weird. Yeah, she's such an unconventional artist, which makes Kate really interesting. But Kate has some really interesting arrangement going on in her music. And so I wasn't sure if this woman that you just mentioned, what was her name again? Judy Collins. Okay, almost called because I I know Joni a lot. Joni Mitchell. It? Yeah, Joni Mitchell. I was like, wait, I'm also thinking. good. Yeah, Joni. Oh my gosh, I love Joni. Is it Yellow yeah. Taxi? Is that? One? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. No, she has other songs. Sorry, not just the hits. Right. Yeah, I I like Kate's arrangement in her music, and so I wasn't sure if this was close to the woman you were just talking about. It might be. I don't know enough about Kate Bush. But yeah, with Judy Collins, you just have to hear her to like kind of get a feel for what I mean. Sure. I wouldn't say she's like Enya. You might disagree. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I wouldn't say she's quite like Enya, but really good. Really good. I love her. 
Well, this has been great. This has gone from Matt Bellamy all the way to Kate Bush. Yeah. How, how does this happen? <laughs> We're amazing. I know. That's, that is amazing. I like it's it, though. It's kind of wild. Yeah, I like it, too. No, this is great. I really like this because I think you briefly talked about Janice. And so I think I assumed that you were big on her. And I was like, ah. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> My issue tends to be less with these artists and more about how people overrate them. Sure. Sure. And, you know, again, I wasn't around during the time, the 60s. Uh, I was around during the 70s. That's why I know everything. Just kidding. No, um, <laughs> right. No, but I wasn't around during that time, that explosion, so to speak, in culture, musically and everything, because culture influences music and then music, you know, whatnot, and then re-influences mm-hmm. culture. And it's like a, a feedback loop. But yeah, apparently that time was a very, that was a pretty topsy-turvy time, apparently. It was helter-skelter for sure. It was helter-skelter for sure. <laughs> Because, yeah, and and Janis Joplin was right in the thick of it. Yes, absolutely. She embodied that 100%. I have to hand that to her. Yeah. I can't know how revolutionary it was at the time because I wasn't there. And so any artist that I ever trash on, I'm not going to trash on their legacy. Right. I won't ever trash on the legacy. It'll always be because eh, I'm not big on a sound. Right. But. I respect Janice for where she was. If I were to meet her, <laughs> how embarrassing that would be. But I would be like, okay, you know, it's not my thing. But it sounds like what you did during the time was taken as a very revolutionary thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it became, again, without her, probably wouldn't get some of my favorite artists. So I can't, I guess I want to make that clear. It's not ever like an attack on the artist. It's just, I don't like the sound, but. I'm all yeah. for understanding that it's a lot of my least favorite sounds that influence a lot of my favorite sounds. That's so true. That's a really good point. I mean, because everyone really influences each other. You can't get around it. I mean, you can have two people who sound wildly different who are both inspired by Radiohead. And it's all what they do with that inspiration. And they may do it in a way that speaks to you or speaks to me more. But yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, well, I'm that self-described music snob and <laughs> well, I'm a gatekeeper. And oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, we're going to get Jeff on the show. So you're going to take a break and that's cool. Jeff and I will take over. He's finally back in town. Hi, Jeff. Jeff Hall is back in town. That's his last name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hall is back in town. Oh, my gosh. You know how much we love that song? Like. Really? <laughs> we love that. It's funny because it still has that Jimi Hendrix like singing, but like 2.0. Mm. A little bit of that talk singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really cool song. It also reminds me of um Steely Dan track. The uh see what's funny is I said Steely Dan and now I have dire straits. Like now I have that stuck in my head. I can't remember that Steely Dan track, but it sounds a lot like that track that they're big. It's the. What is it called? I have no idea. I don't know enough about those bands, to be honest. Uh, that one has similarities to not Jailbreak because Jailbreak is the album, I think, with The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy and the. I guess Jeff and I will get into it and you can kind of listen to it later. Mm -hmm. But uh, we were remarking about how 
jazzy a lot of those bands were at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was a staple, actually, to put a jazz-like vibe in the music. That was a staple of rock and roll at the time. It's mm. kind of come back, but in a different way. In fact, the way that Radiohead has incorporated jazz has been different than the jazz rock of the 70s or jazz incorporated rock. Yeah. So what's really cool is the way someone might use this influence differently than another, but it still is the same influence, just a different execution or a different interpretation or whatever you want to say. So it's like everyone uses garlic differently and salt differently, but it's the same ingredient, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's super cool how artists implement those commonly shared elements. It's like in a public database. Yeah. But how are you going to use that? Right. Right. Yeah, that's so true. But yeah, we rolling in the years. Oh, yeah, that that's the one I was talking about. And so, yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. We're obviously going to get into gatekeeping and the right way to be a music snob if there is one. (laughs) And are you a music snob? And I think this is just my take really quickly. If you have an opinion on something, you're a snob. There's, There's really no way around it. You can be an arrogant snob. You can be a humble snob. But a snob is anyone who really feels any authority at all to have an opinion on something. And I think that that's an okay thing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just how you do it. You know, so that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's totally fine, too, to have an opinion just, you know... Don't be a jerk about it in the end. And I guess don't knock other people's opinions. And that's, you know, that is a hard lesson that folks like you and I have had to learn. Don't be like me. Yeah, don't be like me. <laughs> don't, um, don't, don't knock others' opinions as wrong. Because in the end, they're all opinions. Now you can state your case, though. Yes, 100%. We nerds like to say... Are you prepared to substantiate that claim? <laughs> <laughs> and then we totally sound like jerks. Right? Are oh, no, no, right. To substantiate that claim. Everyone's like, this is why I don't talk to people like you. Oh, my gosh. It gets so interesting when Jeff and I talk about it because I think we're more aggressive than you and I are. He and I get really aggressive about it. But then we kind of oh, reel yikes. it back and we're like, we're like, hey, hey, you know, all joking aside, like, we don't really care. Right. Like, we literally don't care what people listen to. Right, right. It's just, you know, if I don't like something, I don't like something. Or I think everyone gatekeeps. I think it takes one to know one. So if you call someone a gatekeeper, you're probably a gatekeeper yourself. You call them a snob, you're probably one yourself. So, like, I feel like what goes around comes around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's that age-old thing of, you know, if you really don't like something in someone else, you probably have that problem, too. Exactly. I am seeing that more and more whenever I'm like, this really makes me angry. (laughs) Then I'm like, crap, (laughs) I am that person. (laughs) No, but music people, I think, look, we're no different than any other, whatever, fandom, whatever you want to call it. Like, we're no different than than the film nerds or the book nerds or the the chefs in the kitchen. You know, we we get really passionate about it. And I think Mm -hmm. I want to get more into what it means to be a music critic. What makes you a good music critic versus a bad one? What makes you what makes you a decent critic at all? Because critics are just giving an opinion. Yeah. Like, are you going to get butt hurt about someone else's opinion? I, that's just the way I see it. And so I don't really care. Like, when I hear someone's opinion, I don't take it personally. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, but I do have a lot of respect for people who can 
you know, they can try to get as logical and substantiate it as properly as possible, mm-hmm. as objectively as possible, right? Yeah, in a very subjective field. I mean, in an objective opinion in a subjective field is very oxymoronic, but whatever. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. Because in the end, it's like, I don't know, what does make good or bad music? In the end, it's like, does someone like it? If they like it, then they like it. I can think it's bad because I think good music means something, but does it really? I don't know. I mean, people who listen are are demographic. I mean, the people listening to this podcast listen to music opinions. So I just feel like anyone who gets upset about it really needs to like take a seat and look in the mirror or get up and look in the mirror, whatever you want to call it. Have a mirror, you know. Do we even have those handheld mirrors anymore? Like you were like, oh yeah, those are still a thing. That was a '90s thing. Like, oh hey, like <laughs> your own personal, not personal Jesus, right? Now I'm thinking of a uh, Johnny Cash. No personal mirror, right? <laughs> no, I have one of those in my purse. I have a little, a little makeup mirror. <laughs> yeah, like just I don't know. I I like to listen to opinions, and then this is how I uh, handle it. If someone says something I disagree with them, like I said. Let's talk about it. Like, that's my favorite response. Let's talk about it. Let's let's see why you like it and why you hate it. Or, and, you know, let me tell you why I like it and hate it. And so that's what this podcast is all about. And so you are allowed to like and dislike something that makes you a person. And guess what? If you're wrong, to err is human. But I feel like we still need to, like you said, like, have a rounded opinion. Like, at least see where you might be wrong. Mm-hmm. That's all I say. So yeah. case closed. But let's get into some more Muse happenings later because I do want to actually get more in depth. I didn't want to today, and I know you didn't want to today. We have stuff to do. But Chris is a great bassist. I like his bass lines. He's such a good bassist. So shout out to him. Yeah. And then Dominic is the drummer. Mm. Chris is the bassist. He is my favorite member beside Matt. And I want to get into Matt's playing style, not just his singing. But also the cool thing about Muse really quickly is that they are a power trio and they've maintained the same members, I think, since 1994 when they started. So I could be wrong, but. So cool. Good for them. Power trios are awesome. They're so good. They're like Nirvana. They have like this yeah. huge sound. I know they overdub in the studio. I know that's. Oh, that's fine. I mean, it's going to happen. They're good. They're very good. Yeah. So, Christina, thanks for being here. Yep. You got it. I guess. Yeah, we'll lead into your next episode from Jeff or Garrison. Sure. Whatever we decide to do, so. All right, cool. Sounds good. All right, Christina, you have a great week. You guys have a great week. Tune into the Worktip Podcast. We'll be with you shortly, as we always are. And peace. Peace.